For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Millennial Sports Talk. Michelle Margot and Ben Verlander with you for episode one. And our topic is about pretty much the most millennial thing ever, social media. I would agree with that. And uh, on our teaser episode the other day, we talked about how millennials are always buried into our phones. Uh, And I would say social media is probably one of the main reasons for that. Yes. And of course, like the word millennial, social media also gets a bad rap. But I think there's a lot of good and positivity that come from it, too. So we'll be discussing uh, the positives and negatives, starting with some positives. Um, In the sports world, I would say that the biggest thing is that fans are connecting with athletes firsthand. Yeah, um, I, I think it's really cool to be able to reach out to athletes. And, you know, a few years ago, pre-Twitter, pre-Instagram, it was never possible. Athletes were kind of seen as just this untouchable figure that you saw on TV every night when you turned it on. And I think Twitter and Instagram kind of changed the game when it comes to that. Totally. And whether it's raising awareness or being in touch with a child from the Make-A-Wish Foundation or Ennis Cantor raising awareness about what's going on in Turkey, you know, he's a a Boston Celtic and a couple of years ago, that was an issue that we're not going to delve into right now because it's too deep. But very deep. Yeah, you you get to see who these guys or or girls are unfiltered or filtered if you're on Instagram. But that's no pun intended. <laughs> um, but even like on Instagram Live and stuff, you're really getting to see who these athletes are um, without any other medium between you and the athlete. Yeah, you know, I actually have a funny story from from college, and it's one of the Ooh, first- yes. One of the first things I think about, and it's kind of when Twitter was just starting to really take off, um, I had a college teammate of mine um, who followed Logan Morrison on Twitter, (laughs) whose name was Cup of Lomo. I think it may still be, but he was huge on Twitter at the time. Logan Morrison is a baseball player, for those of you who don't know. Yes. And every single day, my buddy would tweet at him just like about his night or if he was struggling at uh, at the plate and didn't get a hit, he'd tweet at him day in and day out. And finally, one day he tweeted at him and Logan Morrison responded to him. One night late on Twitter, we're all sitting in our dorm rooms. Logan Morrison responds and he posts his number that he had found somewhere. His phone number or his, his jersey number? His phone number. Oh, posts my, my buddy's number, called him out and basically said, look, look at this guy. He's hitting 200 in college baseball and thinks he can come on here and talk crap to me. And man, that was quite the night for our baseball team. And that is why social media connects <laughs> fans with players. Um, we, no, still, it, we still talk about that to this day, by the way. It's like still talked about. <laughs> just putting them on blast all the time for it? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, shout out to that guy for giving us that story for our podcast. Um, also... Something that I personally like as a sports journalist is the growing fan base because of social media. Like, for example, my mom, Linda, 
knows nothing about sports. No offense, mom. You're very well-versed in other subjects. Sports is not your thing. But she happens to know about random viral stuff that goes on in sports because it's so unavoidable seeing these things pop up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or whatever medium you're using for your social media. And it really keeps people interested on the go. It's like no cable, no problem. You know, you pull up social media on your phone at a, at a party and everyone can see what's going on in the sports world. Yeah, I think, and especially for me, uh, at, at like work or something, people know that I played professional baseball and people that don't really know what to talk to me about that are just trying to be nice every day, something will end up coming by and, or coming up and they'll walk by my office and be like, Hey, I was on Facebook last night and saw so-and-so hit a really big shot to win that game. Were you watching that? And it's like people that would never, yeah. never think of something like that or just seeing it in passing because of social media and can have conversations with people that they would otherwise never be able to have. Exactly. And it makes it makes big sports moments even more memorable, like a viral video or a GIF slash GIF, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, like the, the first one that comes to mind is Odell Beckham Jr.'s big catch, you know, how five years ago, wherever it was with the Giants, yeah. that one handed catch. I mean, I did not watch that game in full, but I know that catch because of social media. Yeah, I, I think everybody it seems everybody knows that catch and people that don't even know anything about football you mention the name Odell Beckham Jr and they think oh he's the guy that made that one-handed catch and I honestly think and I don't know if you'd agree but that would not be the case had we not had Twitter at the time I don't think that catch no, would be near near as big of a deal had had we not had Twitter or, or even earlier this season, another Giants reference, but the Cowboys-Giants game, when the cat ran across the NFL field, I did not watch that game in full, but I know that black cat that ran across <laughs> the field because it went viral. And I mean, my aunt, ever, everyone was talking about it, people who aren't football fans, because social media yep. makes those moments so big. And of course, that could also be a detriment too if it's not a good moment. Yeah. Um, and speaking of some of the... the cons to social media especially for the athletes i mean you cannot hide your arrests your mugshot it's shown your personal business is shown and it's really become part of the breaking news business social yeah. media yeah i think and especially over the past few years um it's been a little it's when when an athlete does something uh in the limelight and he becomes a big deal or he's trending on uh twitter or instagram the first thing it seems people do is go back to the beginning of his Twitter days. So whoever it may be, okay, he, he got a big out or he made the coolest play of all time and everybody's tweeting about him. It, it seems people are going back into the beginning of his Twitter and seeing what is there. And unfortunately for a lot of, or I wouldn't say a lot, but certainly a, a few names stick out over the past couple of years, there's been athletes that they go back into their Twitters and see whatever it may be, racist tweets or homophobic tweets and yeah. uh, just stuff that does not look good. And that, by the way, is not just limited to the sports world. So everyone just be careful with Great that. Great point. But um, that brings up a good point. And athletes need to know that they're in the limelight, you know, so it's not, just the, it's not just the sports world. But, you know, whoever it may be, Joe Schmo isn't going to have people going all the way back into the deep depths of his Twitter to look for <laughs> racist or homophobic tweets. So that's what yeah. another thing athletes need to know is uh, it, it lives on in the internet forever. One of the challenges that I've personally faced just being a sports journalist is that breaking news now, I mean, it, social media has made things happen 
right away. And as a sports fan, you don't have to watch live coverage of the trade deadline or wait for the next news cycle. You don't have to wait for the next hour of sports center to see what big thing is happening in the sports world. It's good for quote millennials because we like instant gratification, but it's bad if you want to watch a game back because you can't avoid the final score. I mean, my, my grandma, for example, she's 94, I think, and she's a huge nationals fan and game seven, of the world series. I would imagine that she was not awake for in Maryland. And it's not like she has social media to go see that score. But if you do have social media, you better not go on it if you want to watch that game back later. No, I I totally agree. And uh, I know when I'm when I'm not watching a game, I don't I don't even or just news in general, I get everything from my social media. Every sports news that I get really comes from my Twitter. I'm not looking it up on any apps. I I know that if something happens or if somebody says, hey, I think you missed something in that game, I immediately can go to Twitter. And if something was big enough, it's going to be right there. Yeah. And along the lines of No matter who you follow, too. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it becomes every every tweet will be about what is happening. And I I think that's really cool. And in terms of you said your your grandma misses games and has to rewatch them. (laughs) that, That reminds me of a funny story. My buddy... Um, who, you know, works a normal job nine to five. So sometimes games will start before he's able to get home. And I don't understand how he does this, but he'll text me and say, do not tell me about a game. I'm not going on social media. I have recorded the game. And when I get home, I will start it. And I don't understand for the life yeah. of me how somebody can start a game that's currently going from the <laughs> beginning and just like, just catch up. You know, ben, tune that in. friend, that friend of yours is certifiably insane and has serial killer tendencies. So I would just steer clear. He's because living that in the in dark itself, ages. Yeah, that it will not just the dark ages, but like, how do you not just speed up? Like, why do you need to know how you got there to that point? Just start the game Michelle, in the second quarter. I cannot tell you how many times I've had this conversation with the guy. I have told him. What's Look, his I, name? Do we need to put him on blast right put now? Put him on blast. His name is Colby Carter, and he can't figure <laughs> out how to watch games in the moment. That alliteration, too. I That's a serial killer name. <laughs> figure it out, Colby. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, as I say, my name is Michelle Margot. Um, <laughs> anyway, one thing that I think people haven't really focused on with social media and and as it pertains to sports is sports forums or discussions on Twitter. Like I think that debate is good. I think in politics and sports across any you know industry that you're thinking, I encourage debate. I think you learn more. It's a good kind of argument to expand your horizons to hear the other side. And it keeps people talking it keeps people interested on social media it's not the game ends then you wait to talk about it the next day those conversations go on and on and on and it ultimately drives viewership because the more people discuss things the more interested and invested they become and the more they watch it i i I agree with that i i can't tell you how many times personally i'll be watching a game or not even watching a game and i can go on twitter and see somebody tweet uh i can't believe that coach did that or I can't believe Belichick went for it there or didn't go for it there or whatever it may be. And then I can click on that tweet and underneath it, the conversation that is going on is honestly really, really cool. You know, I could originally agree with that tweet. Yeah. How come he didn't go for it there? 
and then look under it and be able to agree with these people that are like, well, if you think about it, this could have happened, this could have happened. It's pretty humbling. You're like, I'm not right all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I'm not actually right here. Who knew? But Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's a good place to go and be able to talk to people about what is happening. Speaking of which, you kind of touched on it earlier with people or athletes kind of being not so smart with their social media. What do you think about athletes talking crap to each other or talking crap to fans? Like you mentioned <laughs> it with Logan Morrison, but I love it. What athlete to athlete, I love it. I think you kind of get into a little weird area when athletes are talking crap back to, to fans. But honestly, I, I think it's cool. You know, athletes are humans too. Um, <laughs> they are. Yeah. And, Some yeah, would argue they are superhuman. But no, but yes. like like people, people like I said earlier, view athletes as kind of untouchable, and th- and this kind of culminates our whole episode here. That, Big word. Thank you, thank you. That they're not, and, and they all have their social medias. They all, after a game, go into their locker and scroll through Twitter or scroll through Instagram. And every once in a while, you know what? If somebody's had a bad game and they just happen to see Johnny from. North Dakota talking crap to them, they're going to respond, you know? And and I think that kind of back and forth is what drives social media and what drives the fans to follow athletes and what follow and what drives the athletes to follow the fans. I feel like this is just my personal opinion. I feel like sports fans should not tweet at athletes for not having a good performance unless they're on your fantasy team, because then it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. It's like, Oh, you're mad at me because I didn't perform well. Oh, but you liked me enough to have me on your fantasy team. I feel like athletes <laughs> hate when they get messages about that. Oh, I'm fantasy. sure they do. Like they don't care. They don't want to hear, Oh, I'm sorry. I ruined your fantasy week. Sorry. I had a bad day. I'm pissed off at myself. I don't need you talking crap about your fantasy team that I do not care about. But also, thank you for having me on your fantasy yeah, team. But thank you for Thank you for making my ownership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What, I, one last question before we kind of wrap this up in a little yeah. bit. But when was the last time that you watched a game from start to finish? Because social media, I think, has direct correlation with why people are not watching full games anymore. They just want scores. If you want the honest answer. I do want the honest answer. Last night. And probably okay. all right. multiple, there, <laughs> I'd say there were probably five games yesterday and last night that I watched all the way through. You need Some a basketball. Like. One, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I watched that whole game all the way through. Oh my God, it was Sunday. There's probably 10 games I watched all the way through from start to finish. Are you kidding me? I'm probably not the one to have this argument with, but I know what you're saying. No, I go ahead. Um, I think more people are going to argue about the fact that you're a Cowboys fan, but that's okay. Um, I think people are not watching full games, but I think they're going to social media for the highlights um, to be able to watch it, to be able to discuss it at work the next day, like Game of Thrones or probably Bachelor in your case. Like, I think people <laughs> I think people want to know what's going on and they don't have time to watch three and a half hours of a baseball game. And so they go to social media to look at the 10 really quick strikeouts you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do agree with that. And and I think I'm kind of an outlier because I like watching games for kind of the game within the game. You know, You're an like, outlier for many reasons, Ben. Yeah, that's true. Whatever. We don't have time to get into all that, though. But I think I watch the game. I, I enjoy watching, you know, the coaching dynamic in games and what's he going to do in this situation. But I 100% agree that I think social media makes it easier to not 
have to watch them. Do you think that's because you are the next level sports fan or do you think the average sports fan watches a game from start to finish during the regular season? During the regular season, I don't think they do. I, I, I think I think I'm kind of, and I don't want to say I'm a next level sports fan. I, I do love watching sports, and I, I think it kind of stems from my baseball background and, and playing professionally. You know, I, I think it. I, I want to watch for the game within the game, especially when it comes to baseball. Like, okay, is what is this hitter thinking? I know what I'd be thinking at the plate. Like, what's this pitcher going to throw? Where the average fan just wants to see the ball put in play and a really cool play made, which is why, back to your point, social media becomes huge because people aren't tuning into the whole game. And if there's a really cool diving catch or a really cool, you know, dunk, they'll be able to see it on social media. They don't, they're not worried to miss something, I guess I would say. All right, so I did some research because I'm a journalist, no big deal. Um, And before I ask you, I'm going to quiz you kind of. um, Overall, would you say social media is good or bad for sports? Uh, Overall. Do you think the millennial generation is helping or hurting the sports industry for the future? Overall, I question. Overwhelmingly, it is good for sports. Really? I, okay. I really, really think it's it's huge. Okay. Uh, now for my little quiz. Which athletes do you think have the biggest following on social media? Ooh. So we're talking current, like playing athletes, I'm assuming. This generation, yes. All right. No, I'm Ted going, Williams is not tweeting. I am going to guess LeBron. He's on there, yeah. He's one of them. He's one of them. He's How many the are third. there? I, well, I, had, I listed the top three that I could find. Top three. Um, LeBron is number three. All right. The next one. Yeah, that was a good guess, actually. I'm pretty impressed. Thank you. This next one, I could be way off, and it's kind of... If you are right, I'm going to freak out right now. This next I... one is a shot in the dark. I'm going <laughs> to say Colin Kaepernick. No, what? No. Oh, my... He's got to be up there. Trust I me. I didn't even look, but I can look. Okay, so he's We not. can, yeah. Uh, we'll, add, we'll we'll add that in the caption if it's groundbreaking. Okay, Steph but, Curry is Steph up there? No, Steph is not up there. Um, you think Steph is bigger than LeBron? No, that's another debate. Okay, um, number one is Cristiano Ronaldo with a hundred. Oh, I should have hundred a hundred and ninety million followers. That's so like what percentage of the population is that? Someone do the math because that's absurd. The second person. Is David Beckham, and he has fifty nine million. The big drop off. Number three was LeBron. He has fifty three. Guess now you know like context. Yeah. To gauge, what do you think Tom Brady has? So LeBron's three at fifty three million. Yes. Tom, I would guess is somewhere in the teens. He has six point eight million. Wow. I know. The That's things you crazy. learn. On you know, you know what? And, and I screwed up here. I was thinking, I was thinking basketball, baseball, football. I wasn't thinking the biggest sport in the entire world. <laughs> and that is my fault. <laughs> I That's should okay. have known this. No, they, I mean, they were surprised to me, to be honest. Um, you know what? Yeah. Um, and then, well, I was, I think there, Messi was somewhere on there. I forgot where he was. Messi's got to be up there. Yeah, Messi's he is. Um, all right, so we ended I demand on Tom a recount. Brady. I think no. there's people on this list that should be on this list that aren't up there. 
Okay. Well, I'll let you do that journalistic nice. research. Um, <laughs> all right. We talked about Tom Brady. Yeah. 6.8. He needs to step it up. Um, speaking of goat, the goat, yeah. um, we have a little thing that we're going to do every week. We decided yeah. um, called the goat moment of the week. Goat yeah. stands for so, greatest of all time. Correct. So goat That's for you, mom. <laughs> goat for those of you that don't know, aka the non-millennials, uh, is greatest of all time. So we kind of wanted to keep things kind of positive on here a little bit in this world that is not always positive. Bring a little positivity to the world. So we wanted to do something called the goat of the week, where we highlight somebody that has done something cool or whatever it may be, just something positive. And I, for the first one, wanted to highlight a golfer named Brandon Matthews, who uh, the other week, not this past weekend, the one before, uh, he isn't on the PGA Tour. He's an aspiring, he's working his way up the ladder. Um, And the other day was in contention to make the British Open, which is a huge deal for those of you that aren't big into golf. But this was kind of his big break. He had a putt. To make it to the British Open, this was going to be his big break. He lines up for the putt. As he pulls the club back to hit it, somebody in the crowd yells, like yells out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, And he missed the putt. And he was pretty upset about it. Uh, And it was the last hole, and he didn't make it, didn't make the British Open. Goes into the the locker room after. And the um, tournament director actually comes up to him. And said, hey, I just wanted to tell you that man that yelled out in the crowd actually has Down syndrome. So Brandon actually immediately changed everything, said uh, to the tournament director, take me to him. So he drove him back out to the 18th hole, back out to the golf course. Brandon immediately goes up to this guy in the crowd. And uh, the guy came over and Brandon apologized and, and, and just said, I, I can't believe this situation you know I I feel bad for his actual quote was I didn't want him to feel bad for himself I wanted to make sure that he knew I wasn't mad and I just this situation is so cool and he he got the guy a signed glove and it was actually an older gentleman and he came up and uh there's a cool picture that I saw it looks like he's kind of like crying on his shoulder and uh I'm not crying you're crying yeah seriously is it dusty in here Um, (laughs) we have a tissue but seriously, a really, really cool moment that I think uh, Brandon Matthews deserves to be talked about for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad we got to end on um, that goat moment of the week because that was beautiful. So thank you. And that sounded cle- like, I'm serious when I say that sounded beautiful. It sounded sarcastic, but totally serious. No, um, I, I thought I thought it was a, I thought it was really, really cool when I heard it. So awesome. I wanted yeah. to talk about him. But that my that roller coaster of emotions from the beginning of that story to the end of it because I was really upset for a second there. Right. And now I'm really happy. Like, well, you end up feeling bad for the golfer at first. And because yes. this is his chance of a lifetime. And then within, t- within 10 minutes, he hears this story and he completely forgets about anything that was going on in his life and just wanted to make sure that this guy with Down syndrome didn't feel bad. And that's I why every that's stroke so counts too. Just let that be a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm... I'm glad everybody who's still listening is still listening. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, Millennial Sports Talk. That's it for this week. Uh, Download and subscribe on your usual podcast distributor. Thanks, guys. Look forward to next week, Michelle. You too, Ben. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.